Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 28 of Revelation chapter 11, and we're going to begin reading in verse 13. In the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell. And in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were affrighted, and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign for ever and ever. And I'll stop reading there. Now, we have been carefully moving through Revelation 11, verse by verse, word by word, to make sure that we are not missing anything and to make sure we understand what God is telling us. And we have learned that at this point of the great earthquake, the Lord is discussing Judgment Day. And in the Day of Judgment, the tenth part of the city falls, and in the earthquake are slain uh, 7,000 men of a name. And if you remember, this identifies with those who have the name of Christian, the name of Christ, those within the churches and congregations. God also speaks of them as the third part earlier in the book of Revelation. And they are killed once we enter Judgment Day when the door of heaven shuts because there is no more possibility of salvation for them because they refuse to hearken to God. They refuse to listen to God when he was commanding them, come out of the church, leave your congregation and flee to the mountains. And it was entirely for their own good, for their family's good. Leave the church. Go outside of the church because out there the latter rain was falling. God was saving a great multitude. But they knew better in their stubbornness, in their typical rebellious fashion, just as they've rebelled against God on so many other points. They did not leave. They trusted their their church. They trusted what their pastor was saying when he said, don't listen to that. Don't worry about these people saying these things and and uh, the gates of hell will never prevail against the church of Christ and no man knows a day or hour. They were actively fighting against the information God was opening up and the inevitable tragic result is they remained in their church and therefore they could not become saved during the latter rain, the final outpouring of the grace of God, the last little season of salvation that completed God's day of salvation, and and that was their ruin. And because the next step, the next thing in God's program 
was Judgment Day, shutting the door of heaven uh, once and for all. And, and this has spiritually killed all of those who have the name of Christ, the 7,000 men of Anim, and the 10th part of the city. They are killed by this judgment uh, that has come upon the world. Of course, all the unsaved people in the world are killed by this. They are uh, all ruined and all ultimately destroyed. But the difference is that we know this for sure about everyone in the church. We do not know who of the people of the world has um, also not become saved because God was working. He was operating outside the churches in the world, saving a great multitude. And we can't make any judgments. We can't determine who is elect and who isn't. And, and so from man's perspective, from our perspective, that gives hope to any person who was not within the church. And so any individual uh, who who was outside the churches at the point when God shut the door of heaven could go to God and pray, Oh, Father, I don't know if I'm saved. As a matter of fact, uh, when I look at my life, I see no evidence of salvation. But the one hope you allow is that perhaps um, you did save me before ending your salvation program. And, and so I pray, having had mercy, O Lord, have mercy. Could it be that you did um, apply the atoning work of the Lord Jesus to my life, and I just don't know it? And could you cause me to know it? Could you stir up your spirit within me, if indeed it is within me, that that I might see the evidence of this that there might be a true change in my life. Well, that that's what God permits uh, during this day of judgment, and that is a very gracious and uh, merciful and kind thing for God to permit us still to pray, that uh, still from our perspective that uh, potentially, possibly, we maybe became saved, that that is nothing but the goodness of God. After all, this is Judgment Day. And and uh, as a matter of fact, it's only the presence of the true believers on the earth in the Day of Judgment that allows us to consider the possibility that maybe others are saved. And, and that lessens the grievous nature of the Judgment for the unsaved of the world. In other words, if God had taken all of the elect out and raptured them, it would have been most obvious to all left behind, we are the unsaved ones, we are the ones under the wrath of God, and there's no hope for us, and it would have made the character of this judgment far worse, far uh, more terrible than it is with the true believers remaining alive on the earth. It it still uh, provides the possibility of that hope that maybe I was saved before May 21, 2011. 
Well, uh, let's conclude verse 13 of Revelation 11. In the earthquake were slain of men 7,000, and we saw again in the Greek that it's 7,000 men of a name or or names of men 7,000. And then it goes on, And the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The The remnant were in fear. We saw that this same word is used of Felix in Acts 24, verse 25, when Felix trembled, when the Apostle Paul was preaching to him of of righteousness and temperance and the judgment to come. He trembled. He was in fear. And, and so that is really what's in view here when the wicked of the earth at the point of judgment, they were in fear until May 21, 2011, seemingly pass without incident. And then they began to relax and they began to uh, take their ease once again. And, and it, it became a joke and a mockery and a subject of ridicule. Oh, we were concerned about nothing. Of course, they wouldn't even admit their concern, but there was great concern. There was great fear in that sense, not the fear that of the Lord that, that, uh, is the beginning of wisdom, but another, um, dread fear that lies within the sinner because he knows that there is a God deep down and he knows he's in trouble with God. And, and so the remnant were in fear. Now remnant, uh, let, let's just look at, um, a couple of places. We're, we're sort of, um, trained to think of remnant, uh, identifying with the elect, but, and it can, but really remnant or this, this, um, Greek word, Strong's 3062, translate as remnant is a word that means the rest of the remaining portion. And it could be even a greater portion than what was um, initially spoken of. And in this case, it is. The the remnant is referring to the unsaved people of the world that number in the billions and the 7,000 men of a name. Well, they're um, all those in the churches, which are around 2 billion. So there are far more of those left after God first focuses or targets the tenth part and the seven thousand men of a name or names of men, then he says, all right, now the rest of them, the the remnant of mankind, which is all of the uh, unsaved people of the earth. And, and that's a large number of people. In Matthew 22... In Matthew 22, it says in verse 6, And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. Now, we just broke into a parable of um, a certain king who made a marriage for his son and sent his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding. And there were some we read about who... Um, in verse 5, they made light of it. They went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant, that is the remainder, those that were not just discussed in verse 5, they took the servants and, and entreated them spitefully and slew them. 
So we see here that obviously the remnant has nothing to do with God's elect. These are evil men, wicked men. They're killing the servants of God. In Matthew 25, in Matthew 25, uh, we have the parable of the ten virgins, and we read in verse 10, and while they went to buy, that is the five foolish virgins went to get oil, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins. The word other is um, uh, the uh, English translation of that same Greek word, 3062. It's the rest of the virgins, the remainder of the virgins that did not go in in with the bridegroom. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. So these other virgins, the remnant virgins, were not saved because the Lord Jesus Christ did not know them. They were not true believers. And, and, and so we see this word translated as remnant or other here most definitely can apply to the wicked, to the unsaved people of the earth. In Revelation 9, um, maybe you remember we discussed this after the Lord was describing the death of the third part. Um, for instance, in verse 18 of Revelation 9, by these three was the third part of men killed by the fire and by the smoke and by the brimstone, which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents and had heads, and with them they do hurt. And then in verse 20, And the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands. And it goes on to say that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, and so on. And and so you see here, God does exactly the same thing. First, he, he slays the third part. The third part of men are killed. It's the final end of those people who call themselves Christian. They, they are, um, tares for the burning at the beginning of judgment day. And yet the rest of the men, the remainder, the, the Muslims, the Buddhist, the atheist, the agnostic, the one who doesn't care about anything and, and, uh, as far as identifying what he believes, uh, the, the rest of the unsaved people of the earth were not killed by that particular plague that struck the third part on May 21, 2011. Yet, as we continue on into the day of judgment, this prolonged period of time, which very likely will be 1,600 days, well, do they repent? No, they repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver. And that's exactly what we see in the world. We don't see the the wicked of the world turning to God. They're going further and further away. Um, it, it's just incredible what's going on with gay marriage, with uh, with the world now taking um, the initiative and and making that a good thing. 
They are turning the word of God completely around. And now, according to their new morality, that's a good thing. And it's an evil thing to be against it. And this is nothing but um, worshiping the works of their own hands. It is their own understanding. It is their own idol that they are making in that area and many other areas. And there is no repentance because, well, they're unsaved too. When God shut the door, it sealed their eternal fate. But they were not killed by that plague because from their perspective and our perspective as men, we cannot know, not yet, we cannot know if we could have been saved. And, of course, the further we go on, the less likely that appears for some individuals. Yet, we we cannot know. And so they're not killed as we continue into this day of judgment and they do not repent, they go more and more into their sins and, and committing their evil deeds and, and so on. But there's still that little hope. And believe me, a little hope is better than no hope that, that God permits. Well, um, this same word is also found in Revelation 19. This uh, Greek word, 3062, translated as remnant in our verse. In Revelation 19, in uh, verse 19, I'll start there. It says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire, burning with brimstone. Now, verses 19 or 20 are again describing judgment day, and God's judgment on Satan, who here is called the beast, and the false prophet. The false prophet is another name for Satan, but especially as he works through the church that was given over to him. And so, just as Satan is cast spiritually into fire, so were the tares, everyone who professes to be a Christian within the churches and congregations of the world. They could also be identified as the false prophet as a whole. And they are all judged at the beginning of Judgment Day. But then notice in verse 21, And the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse. Notice how God makes the distinction. There's the beast and the false prophet, which would identify with uh, Satan's emissaries in the churches, and the remnant, the rest of the men. And, and the rest of them were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. The word of God is killing them also. They're not going to escape. Um, they have come under the punishment of God, the wrath of God, once the door of heaven shut and, and shut 
for all time for this world. It'll never open again. It's sealed the eternal fate of every unsaved individual. The righteous will be righteous still, and the filthy will be filthy still. And, and this is the, comes from the Bible. So that is the sword that kills the rest of the men. It kills the people of this world. All right, let's go back to Revelation 11. And, um, finally, the remnant were affrighted. They were in fear and gave glory to the God of heaven. They gave glory to God. Now, giving glory to God, Yes, believers give glory to God. We, we read, um, that many praise God and honor God and give Him glory that He is due. But so does the destruction of the wicked. The, the judgment of the unsaved glorifies God. We read in Joshua chapter 7 of Achan. Now, Achan was an Israelite who transgressed, he broke the law of God concerning the destruction of Jericho. They were not to uh, light upon the spoil. They were not to take anything. And yet Achan saw some gold he took in a goodly Babylonian uh, garment. Um, and, and he coveted them and hid them in his tent. And that caused Israel to fall in the day of battle when they went against the city of Ai. And Ai was a little city, a little town, and here was this mighty army that um, God had used to destroy the the great city of Jericho, and that army fell against the, the few inhabitants of the city of Ai. And so Joshua was perplexed, and, and Israel was troubled. What if the inhabitants of the land heard about this? It, it, it could be, um, uh, just the beginning of a catastrophe. They would be encouraged and they would all rise up against Israel. And, and so it was a, a, a very dangerous point in Israel's history concerning the conquest of the land of Canaan. And, and yet the Lord revealed to Joshua that there was trouble in the camp, and the reason was that someone had sinned in in taking these items. And, and then Achan was discovered, and we read in Joshua chapter 7, beginning in verse 19, And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give, I pray thee, glory to Jehovah God of Israel, and make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against Jehovah God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. So notice Joshua is encouraging Achan um, to give glory to Jehovah God of Israel. And what happens to Achan, a little further on, we read in verse 24, And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? Jehovah shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stone him with stones, and burn them with fire, 
after they had stoned them with stones. Achan and his family and all of his possessions were destroyed. They were killed. And, and so this was the judgment of God upon him that glorified God. Just one other place I want to go to concerning this in 1 Samuel chapter 6. After the Ark of the Covenant was taken by the Philistines, and when the Ark was taken into the land of the Philistines for seven months, it was not a pleasant time for the Philistines. God plagued them in city after city, the Philistine cities, where the ark traveled to, many men died. Many men became sick, uh, and and it, they couldn't wait to get rid of the ark of God. And so uh, God, in bringing that destruction to the Philistines, also brought judgment to them. And so they wanted desperately to return the ark, and we read in 1 Samuel 6, verse 4, Then said they, What shall be the trespass offering which we shall return to him? They answered, Five golden emeralds and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all and on your lords. Wherefore, he shall make images of your emeralds and images of your mice that mar the land, and ye shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure he will lighten his hand from off you, and from off your gods, and from off your land. And then they they uh, put the ark on uh, a new cart uh, with two milch kine, and they put these trespass offerings on the cart also, and sent the ark back to Israel. They had had enough. And, and, and so we see uh, that, yes, when the sinner comes under... The judgment, the wrath of God. This results in giving God glory. Whether they like it or not, it, it does glorify God. And that's why the remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. The fact that they were under the judgment of God glorified God himself. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.